Greetings again. This is Eric Sinrock from Dwayne Morris, joined by my colleague Jonathan Armstrong at Cordery with your regular Tech Law 10. We're well past 200 and going strong. And this week, Jonathan, as I'm trying to read your mind, I think you're prognosticating or at least contemplating Max Schramm's going back to court. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, well done, Eric, and uh, thanks all for joining us. Um, there's a number of lessons in this, but uh, just to back up the history, those of you who've been listening to these podcasts for a long time, first of all, you deserve a medal. Secondly, we thank you. You'll remember that we've talked quite a lot about the Max Schrems litigation. Now, Max Schrems uh, was an Austrian law student who came to study in your part of the world, Eric, for a term. And uh, during uh, that time, there was a guest lecturer from Facebook at the university, and Schrems had a bit of a discussion with him. He then made a subject access request, requesting his data. And to cut what is a very long story short, he eventually started uh, proceedings which went to the ECJ, the, the um, European Court in Luxembourg, which struck down safe harbor the method of, or one of the methods of transferring data from the EU to the US lawfully. So that's what we call Schrems 1 case. And that led eventually to the birth of Privacy Shield, the replacement scheme, which is also going through its own uh, adolescent pains, uh, if, if that's not too uh, shorthanded description. Mm -hmm. He's also got a second case, let's call that Schrems 2, which is a class action, again against Facebook, with um, some say up to 100,000 possible plaintiffs claiming damages as a result of uh, alleged poor data handling on behalf of Facebook. That case is also headed to the ECJ. And what we found out this week is that his third case, Trends 3, is also headed to the ECJ as well. So if nothing else, he should get good reduced rates on hotels in Luxembourg. So what's Trends 3 about? Well, um, I'm going to try and simplify it. But effectively, when uh, Safe Harbor collapsed, Facebook relied on what are called EU model terms of standard contractual clauses instead. Now, most corporations, in my experience, use uh, model terms, and they use them both for their internal transfers of data, for example, from EU subsidiaries back to the U.S. mothership, and they use them for transfers to vendors, for example, to use an outsourced HR provider or use uh, a um, matter management system or a sales um, tracking system or whatever that might be. So from my experience, I think every uh, multinational corporation uses standard contractual terms. And, and Mr. Schrems asked the Irish Data Protection Commissioner to take a look at Facebook's use of those terms to determine whether they're adequate or not, because they have to be adequate for those transfers to the U.S. to be lawful. hope you're still following. The Irish Data Protection Commissioner said she didn't, or she was minded to say that they weren't adequate 
because of the way, because of the Snowden allegations about the way it was alleged the US authorities could get access to data. But she said she wanted the ECJ to look at this as well. She doesn't have the power to make a referral to the ECJ herself. That has to come through the Irish courts. And so she issued proceedings effectively against Trends and Facebook to sort of set up some litigation that could then refer those questions to the ECJ. And that hearing took place in spring. Judgment was reserved. The case was reopened for new evidence to be introduced about the practices of the uh, Trump administration. And then judgment was given uh, this week. And effectively, what the judgment indicates is that this case will be referred to the ECJ. We don't know the exact questions that the ECJ is going to be asked yet. Uh, and there'll be another hearing in a, in a week or so to determine or to try and determine what those questions might be. But this is something that's going to have potentially huge ramifications, not only for the transfer of data from the EU to the US, but also to other countries as well. For example, if your uh, organization outsources its back office operations to India or the Philippines, almost certainly standard contractual clauses are what you're relying on to do that. So, um, so it, it's going to be an interesting case. There's an awful lot of documents. Shrone says that uh, 45,000 pages of documents were submitted for the original hearing in the, uh, in the High Court in Ireland. As I say, next hearing is October 11. It's probably going to take 18 months to two years for the Luxembourg Court to find a hearing date. They have a somewhat interesting procedure, certainly to our eyes, I think, Eric, in that the case will be effectively um, argued and then the Advocate General, a, a sort of special lawyer appointed by the court, will issue his or her provisional opinion and then the judges will say whether they agree or not with the Advocate General. Um, it's, it, it will definitely be an interesting case, has huge ramifications. So what should people be doing in the short term? That's uh, my question, look. exactly. So what do we do pending all of this? So what we do, I think, is look at your data flows. If you're uh, unnecessarily transferring data out of the EU, try and stop that. Look at the terms that you have in place, particularly with vendors. If you're signing new vendor contracts, Make sure that those contracts give you sufficient uh, flexibility to change the way in which you transfer data if need be. For example, by putting in place a, a different form of agreement if the form of agreement's changed, uh, or for example, moving to one of the other permitted methods, maybe Privacy Shield, although as I said, that's got growing pains, maybe binding corporate rules. And then and then look at uh, uh, whether you can alter the data uh, in such a way that it doesn't need uh, uh, legitimization anyway. So that might be by using anonymization. If you're only 
sending the data for statistical purposes, then, then try and anonymize it in the EU, send the anonymized data to the US. So, so they're the basic principles. Look at whether you need the data there at all. If you do, whether you can anonymize it. If not, look at data minimization. And then look at the agreements that you have in place with third parties, including sister companies, parent companies, whatever that might be. And then, of course, Eric, the most important thing is watch this space. Uh, uh, the EU data protection regulators met as a whole this week. We haven't seen the smoke from the stack. We don't know what their decision is. My worry is that we may have a German regulator break, uh, you know, break the spirit of the group and decide that they are going to investigate or suspend some of these transfers unilaterally. So keep informed here. It is definitely a likely area of regulatory activity. That regulatory activity could happen before the court have determined the case in 18 months to two years. So, choppy waters for international data transfer. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was a tour de force. Thank you, uh, Jonathan. And of course, those are very helpful tips that Jonathan just provided, but of course, they don't substitute for detailed, specific legal advice. In fact, of course, this is informational and not legal advice itself. So, as you're going about uh, your business that's you know, in this space, you know, do make sure to get you know, expert legal advice. Obviously, Jonathan is somebody who knows this it's extremely well. You're talking about, you know, milestones that will come up over the next 18 months or two years or so. Uh, one of the first words out of my mouth in this podcast was, you know, you're prognosticating. So, so what's your prognostication? And it was helpful, you know, setting the table. It was extremely useful hearing your tips. People certainly need to get uh, skilled legal advice. Companies should get legal advice. But what do you think will happen? Obviously, this is not binding and you're looking into a crystal ball, but what do you actually think will happen 18 months to two years from now uh, as this proceeds? Are you in a position where you can um, actually prognosticate, as I said? If, if, I was, if I was forced to give an opinion, you know lawyers would ordinarily like to sit on the fence where we're most comfortable. Uh, I think that if it comes back before the, you know, the same court, and, and we know that the ECJ, the judges, sort of rotate, so it might not be the same bench, if you like. But um, I think if it came back before the same court with the same arguments, uh, standard contractual clauses in their current form w would have to fall. Um, mm. If you adopt the same logic as the safe harbor um, discussion, uh, not that much has changed in U.S. law between um, safe harbor and, uh, and this hearing to make a material difference, I think. There are some things that the U.S. government has done in terms of, you know, the uh, ombudsman and our point of privacy shield, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think the ECJ would regard that as substantive enough to change their original opinion of the uh, dangers of transferring data to the U.S., which they expressed in the safe harbor decision. So I wouldn't be backing some contractual clauses with any of my money, even if I was a gambler. <laughs> and I won't ask you whether or not you are. So I hope you don't mind I put you on the spot there. We know we're just you know looking no, in, into the future, I and we never. Now, Eric. <laughs> in, in this 
in this topsy-turvy world, we never know what actually will happen. So listen, I think we're at our 10. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for providing your, your insights and knowledge in this choppy area, uh, as you say. So this is our weekly Tech Law 10. I'm Eric Sinrod at ejsinrod at duanemorris.com. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Jonathan, why don't you have the pleasure of wrapping it up? Well, thanks very much, Eric. I'm jonathan.armstrong at cordycompliance.com. And uh, we'll post uh, links to some of the background materials on this uh, on the LinkedIn pages. Probably important to say it is a very, very long and complicated judgment, even from the Irish court. The ECJ's judgment, when it comes, is likely to be longer yet. So expect about 300 pages mm. of court judgments on this topic. And obviously, we're not going to cover that in 10 minutes or so. But do keep watching this space. And as ever, thank you for listening. We do appreciate the comments and feedback you give us. Keep them coming. Speak to you in a week or so. Yes, I'm sure those 300 pages will be nice bedtime reading. All right. Cheers. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>